This is a True Foundations podcast. Real time, real life, real answers. Good morning, Conan Stone and friends. Uh, we're continuing on again today from our passage in Exodus 33. Let me just read that to you. It's verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, Look, you have told me, lead this people up. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You said, I know you by name, and you have also found favour in my sight. Now if I have indeed found favour in your sight, please teach me your ways, and I will know you and find favour in your sight. Now consider that this nation is your people. Then he replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. If your presence does not go, Moses responded to him, don't make us go up from here. How will it be known that I and your people have found favour in your sight unless you go with us? And your people will be distinguished by this from all the other people on the face of the earth. Let's just remind ourselves of, of Moses here. He was the friend of God. He'd had a remarkable encounter with him. Of course, it was a time of crisis. Moses had received from the Lord the law. And yet at the same time, the people had gone back into paganism. They were found worshipping the golden calf. God was not pleased. He was about to say, I've had enough of these folks. But Moses pleaded with the Lord and the Lord said, OK, Dad, let's go with it. Uh, and so we have this background, it's their background, it's not ours, uh, it was a, a very restricted covenant with the people that became known as Israel, nobody else. But there are things that we need to learn from this, things that will help us, especially in our day of crisis. Moses, of course, was a remarkable leader. He had all the facts in front of him. He'd received the law. You can read that in the early books of the Old Testament. It was a complex document, uh, instructions about many, many different things, the holiness of God, cleanliness, what you can and can't eat, uh, what you can do regarding relationships, many different things. But for Moses, there was something more. And this is what we need to take hold of. For Moses... Having the right information was, of course, it was good, but it was not enough. Now, when I think about this, I, I'm sure, like me, you've been watching the news and you've been watching all the comments on, on this awful pandemic that we're going through at this particular time. We're bombarded with facts. The information is there. The information is available. And you can find the correct information and all of that is good. It's proper. We need it. But really, there's more. I'm very interested when I listen to those who give us the information. You see, there are some people and they are they are clever people. They know exactly the facts of the, of the situation. And they inform us. But it seems as if somehow they're distanced. But I've been really impressed by a couple of the guys uh, that I've watched. They're, they're senior doctors in hospitals. They're on the front line. 
And they are absolutely engaged in the process. They have the same facts. They speak them clearly. And yet they bring hope as well. And there is something about it. You see, the other way of presenting the facts, it's like the deadness of the law. It's necessary, it's good, but there's something lacking. But these guys on the front line, when they speak, they speak from a different place. They speak from a place of being vitally involved. It touches them deeply. And so they speak with a different voice. And somehow I feel drawn in by what they say. Somehow I am more inclined to trust what they say. Somehow I am more inclined to act upon the information that they give. It's just the same, you know, with the gospel. It's the same kind of idea. There are those who present the gospel the facts might be there. Their intent is good. But it's like dead works. It has no power. But then there are others who present the gospel and they present it in a different way. And the way that they present it is exactly the same as Moses. Because Moses... He asked a question of the Lord. He had all the information he could ever expect. But he said, teach me your way. And this is what we need, always, but especially in a day like this, especially in a day of danger, of crisis. And we need to come into the presence of the Lord. We need much more than information. It is not information that will change the world. It is not information that will change us from the inside. We must press in, we must draw near, and we must feel the hand of God's favour upon us as he looks upon us and desires to call us friends. But in order to be in that place, we need, without doubt, to have an encounter with him. Uh, to be redefined. See, Moses was a remarkable man of God. He was a man of power. Uh, you only have to read about the parting of the Red Sea. He was a man who handled the very power of God. And yet, there was a humility about him. What he had in his hand to do. The rod, which was actually the grace of God in the circumstances to accomplish everything that God desired for his people. He was for the people. He was a great leader. It was his voice that counted. But he was for the people. He was not seeking power for its own sake. I think if we have eyes to see, we see that in the world at large with leaders of these, of different nations, 
you see some handling power uh, that they have in their grasp, but for the sake of the people, uh, and when the task is done, then they will hand it back. But you see others who seek power for its own sake. And as God's people, we must not be like them. We have within our hand the power of God to do good. The power of God to declare, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ that will set people free. It is remarkable and it is wonderful. But to be in that place, we must be like Moses. We must go and not just have the information. We must say, Lord, will you be with us? Lord, we dare not go forward unless you are with us. Lord, teach us your ways. So now we move from the place of correct doctrine. Uh, we move from the place of just good theology. We move to the place of somehow being drawn into the very heart purposes of God himself. And in that place we are radically changed. We cannot be the same any longer. We must be different. And as Christians going through with the rest of the world, the same crisis, that crisis has a different meaning to us than it does to the world. It means that we find a place of testing. And perhaps on a later occasion I'll address some of the other issues uh, that surround uh, what these things mean in the world at large. But today we need to think of our place. What is happening for us? Now let's face it, there was Israel. They were in a desert. They didn't have a lot to do. They made camp, stayed there for a while, then they moved on. They had the same food every day. I'm not sure what they did. It doesn't seem to have been an exciting life. And yet, it was a place where they discovered whether actually they were truly God's people or not. There were men, of course, like Joshua, who discovered that he was God's without doubt, and he entered into the land later on. And yet there were many who never entered into the land, because they had the law, but they did not understand God's ways. They had not entered by true faith into that a relationship with him that defined everything for them. And we are in a similar place. I know that there are key workers, they continue with their work and may God bless them in that and enable them in that. But many of us find ourselves isolated we're in a little bit of a desert. We cannot do the things that normally would be fulfilling in life. We have a lot of space and time. And what do we do with it? Well, really, what we must do is this. We must ask the Lord, will you show us your ways? In other words, our relationship with him becomes redefined. 
it is not based upon what we believe. It is not based upon um, getting the facts right. Of course, we must believe the right things. Of course, our theology must be sound. But truth is bigger and more. It defines our relationship with him. And the question we must ask in all of this, is the truth setting us free? Uh, these people that had lived as slaves in Egypt, they were not free people. Were they any freer when they went through the desert? Were they any freer when God showed his mighty hand? Were they any freer when uh, his pillar of fire was there and the pillar of cloud was there? Were they any freer? Well, their freedom depended upon their relationship with him. And if, like Moses, they had said, Lord, show us your ways, they would have, they would have experienced the freedom that comes from knowing the truth of who God really is and his love for a people, his grace to a people, and his power which was displayed. But then we must go further. When God was speaking to Moses, answering his request, he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Maybe you think you're getting too much rest at the moment, but I'm not talking about that kind of rest. For Moses, there was the prophetic looking forward to the accomplishment of a task, to the accomplishment of the purposes of God. Now, for us, we are in a different day. Things have been accomplished. Christ has been to the cross. He has set us free from the power of the evil one. He has set us free from the power of sin. And really speaking, we should have entered into that land, the spiritual land, which is nothing to do with political, uh, geographical boundaries, racial boundaries. It is to do with leaving behind the powers of this fallen world. It is to do with entering into the fullness of the freedom of Christ, where a new life is lived and rest from our own labours and striving is accomplished through Christ. And at this season, as we press in, at this time, as we seek to draw near to God and we are asking him, show us your ways. We're not doing the things we normally do. Church life is different for this season. But rest is not the same as inactivity. Rest is coming to God and living from the new place where we are not striving with the old nature, where we have put these things to rest so that we can move forward as kingdom living people, the people of God. Moses asked another question. So your presence is going to be with us. Well, how will people know? And I think that was a really good, intelligent question. How will the nations of the world know that this little body of people, Israel, led by Moses, how would they know that the presence of God 
was with them. It's a kind of subjective question. It's not easy to answer by ticking a lot of boxes. But it's something like this. When we have moved into the presence of God, when we have stripped off the things of the past, when we have drawn into that place where we are not just recognising his presence amongst us, but we understand his ways. We know them because he has drawn near and we are in good relationship with him. When we are in that place, then God himself fights for us. That's what he did in the Old Testament. He fought for his people when they were obedient. When they fell into sin, uh, when they went into some kind of idolatry, he left them to their own devices. It's something like that for us. When we follow his ways, then he fights for us. And when we draw close to him, then the nature of his favour upon us becomes evident to the world outside. Uh, We do not have to bolster it up. Uh, We do not have to have a special strategy that makes things happen. We have to rest in him, recognize that he is the sovereign Lord, that he is for us, and that he will open a way. You know, wherever Jesus went, our people knew him, they recognized him. Stuff happened. Now, maybe we're not quite like him, but the principle applies because Jesus said, when I've gone, you're going to do the same kind of things, even greater works. And wherever those early disciples went that were completely following Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, wherever they went, people knew. They didn't have some great program or strategy to achieve this, but they had the presence of God going with them. And somehow things were defined by that. And it was the presence of God that opened doors and closed doors. And so at times they suffered. At times there was persecution. We are not exempt from those things. But when we are in a place of rest, Because we know his ways. Because the truth has become real within us. And because it has set us free. There is something bigger than what we are happens. God himself makes a way. And the world at large recognizes Christ in us. Who is the hope of glory. And that is the best way. It's certainly far better than I can do. I think it's better than what you can do. But if together we will come and seek his ways, entering into rest, I have no doubt that the power of God will be our portion and we will begin to walk in his fullness. Amen. Thank you for joining us. True Foundations is headed by David J. Jones, a preacher and teacher of the Word of God. 
His passion is to help individual Christians discover their true identity in Christ and to learn how grace operates in their lives. Currently residing in Canada, he has taught in both North America and the UK and has listeners all over the world. If you have questions about anything you've heard today, please email us at info at truefoundations.ca. Or for more information on True Foundations resources, please visit our website at truefoundations.ca.